0: Uh, and the college sports book and the other stuff that we're doing. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And I thank all of you uh, for making that so easy and for sticking with us and finding us and, and, and all that good stuff and promoting what we do. It's helpful. It's very, very helpful. And we couldn't do it without your help. So thank you so much. It's awesome. I'm also thankful. Obviously, we all are today and we have been. And we've kind of bashed in the glory of these last couple of wins in particular. For a, for a chance to play in a game, in a rivalry game like this, that, um, or for Florida State to be able to play in a rivalry game like this, uh, with something actually on the line beyond pride, Florida State could, of course, punch their ticket to a bowl seemingly unimaginable after an 0-4 start. That I look forward to seeing on Saturday, if in fact it is uh, made possible with a strong effort, execution, and a win. And uh, again, uh, man, it, it's... Hard enough at the end of a football season. We do this all the time, and I try not to get bogged down in this because, you know, you still have the rest of the NFL season. You still have, uh, you know, conference championship games. You have this weekend of rivalry games, and then you have the bowl season. So you don't want to be too forlorn. You don't want to be all that devastated by the. Uh, end-of-season matchups, you still want to embrace it and, and, and think about what's still possible. But typically at the end of these years, and the way it's been lately, football season has kind of come to an unceremonious end, right? It's just ended and you went, oh, that's great, we sucked again. Great. Now the opposite is going to happen. Regardless, now clearly you want to win the game, but if Florida State wins the game, or even if they don't, I mean, either way, man, the next the, the peering ahead to spring – or really to to signing day, Uh, I I guess you would say the early signing period. But, I mean, the way you're going to set up uh, your upcoming year is, uh, I think, largely going to be centered around your enthusiasm for Florida State football. We haven't been able to say that in forever. Which games you're going to, where you're traveling, who you're meeting up with, your hope for, you know, whatever the record may be in your mind, all that stuff. It's awesome. That's the way it always was, forever and a day until it wasn't. And then you just got used to being somewhat lethargic, right? Just lethargy set in. You just, oh, yeah, another football season. Well, I do love football. You just, I- I'm watching because I like the game, because I love the game. No, no, no. It's going to be fun because you'll be able to watch again knowing that uh, you love the game and your school has a larger Part to play, larger part to play. Yes, please. Been waiting on that for a long time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to uh, Warchant TV. Thanks for watching the Jeff Cameron Show. Don't forget to do all those. By the way, I'll have to Matthew. I, I guess I could send it out some Redemption Thursday wagers. I will send you the email. We've been on fire lately. Uh, I'll send you my wagers for. The game's tomorrow on into the weekend, and maybe we can just post them somewhere. We'll post them on, uh, I mean, I don't know if we can post them on WarChan TV, but we can post them on, I'll post them on Twitter or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you send it to me, I'll make the graphic like usual, and uh, either I'll send it back to you or I'll post it on your Twitter, whichever one you want me to do. Yeah,
0: a little Metro Deli. Actually, we got to make sure our sponsors get their uh, just due, but also we, we, we've been cooking lately. Yeah, Stephen, you do hear a turkey edition of W's and L's. Um, could you, you, you want me to do that tomorrow, too? No, we'll save it for Friday. We're going to be on the air on Black Friday. What a sacrifice. <laughs> How many people are out there, actually? I mean, I know it's still a thing. I know when I see the nightly news that, uh, good God, consumerism at its highest levels, but uh, I also end up seeing the insane violence <laughs> that occurs because I've got to have that shirt yeah, no thanks. No thanks there. I will uh, monitor from afar, but we will be on the air. We will be on the air Friday, and I look forward to being on the air Friday because it's going to be the day before the big game against Florida, and I, it's a game I think Florida State's going to win. Uh, I felt that way early in the week. I still feel that way now. Gut feeling hasn't changed. Analysis of what I'm seeing hasn't changed. Uh, let's go. Let's get to it. Let's have fun on Thanksgiving tomorrow with friends and family. Let's eat, stuff your face, fall asleep watching bad football. Man, do we get bad football tomorrow. I just got done reading that story. I think it was Yahoo Sports posted a story. uh, I was reading this this morning um, about why it is we're stuck with the Lions every year. Because I did think, I mean, we asked this question annually. With all due respect to you uh, Lions fans out there, you know you suck. You know your franchise is the laughingstock of the NFL and has been forever and a day. I mean, that's not a mystery to you. Nobody knows it better than you. And, you know, I feel like we ought not be subjected to that nonsense. They're the NFL's only winless team this year. They're one of four teams to never make it to a Super Bowl. The last time they won a playoff game, Roseanne was America's most watched sitcom. Uh, Michael Jackson was still alive and had a big record out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. The last time the Lions did anything, and we get that game, national audience, every Thanksgiving, and this time it's really bad because it's Detroit and Chicago, and that Chicago team is about as bad as that Detroit team. But, as I guessed in the article, they do point out the reason that we get that game is uh, there's no reason, there's no compelling reason for the NFL to provide us with a different game because... The NFL gets, I mean, it's such an ingrained part of Thanksgiving in this country. Watching, having the games on in the background, watching those games is so ingrained to the Thanksgiving Day experience in this country that no matter who they put on, the ratings are good. The ratings are great for all the Thanksgiving Day games. It doesn't matter if it's Detroit and Chicago. It doesn't doesn't matter. I mean any two teams, you literally could put any two teams on there as evidenced by Detroit Chicago and the ratings are going to be good. You wouldn't get appreciably better ratings for say, and I'll just go back to last weekend's marquee matchup, you wouldn't get appreciably better ratings for Kansas City Buffalo, or, or excuse me, uh, Kansas City Dallas. It's, it's, the numbers aren't, you know, so we're going to forever have those games we're not going to get those great games uh yeah which is disappointing i i would i want two things i want a marquee matchup on thanksgiving i guess and then i would also like an outdoors game i'd like to see a game outside i'd like to i don't want us always to be playing games on carpet
1: it couldn't happen this year because the bucks played on monday but can't have bucks colts at 8 o'clock on thir- on uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'm worried about that game.
0: I said in the Scudderbucks, and we'll have a Scudderbucks for you again tomorrow, another one of the shows that we do. And if you follow that and, and listen to that and download that, subscribe to that, we really do appreciate it. But Tom and I will be doing another Scudderbucks tomorrow. I Actually, I'm picking the Colts to win that game. I think the Colts are a team right now that's a real problem. They have an identity. They run the hell out of the football. Uh, they're very, very physical. Uh, they they really pissed away two games earlier this year. The record would be much more synonymous with who they are. Uh, they they have the league's best running back right now and and, and really most dominant player. I, it's uh it's a recipe right now to win a lot of games. Uh, I think in Indianapolis and and the Bucks go on the road for that game. It's it's weird. I've kind of flip flopped games. I said earlier in the year, speaking of the Bucks, that I had them losing against Buffalo. Uh, but for whatever reason, Buffalo's hit hard times and I had us winning against Indianapolis, so I flip flop those now. I have us losing to Indianapolis and beating Buffalo. But I, it's it's really when you look at that schedule and we start to shape up the playoff picture now, it is a it is truly, and you hear it every week, but it's not always accurate. Like year to year, the NFL, of course, they're always enticing you to watch again next week and the week after and the week after. They they usually have to float out plot lines, storylines that have marginal chances of actually coming to fruition. Like you you kind of know based on what you've seen of those teams up until that point, the storyline, you can almost write it yourself, but that's not true this year. That's not true this year. All of the bumps in the roads and the hiccups for teams that we once thought were really good or teams that we wrote off and then returned being good. I mean, this has gone this has been as up and down as you can get. It's great to watch.
1: It's it's we were talking about Hurts uh, was it Monday. The past five weeks, he's been the best quarterback in the league. He's been uh, strangely
0: very good, and yet, you know, you're an Eagles fan, and you don't believe that's real long-term, and the problem is he's going to play his way into an <laughs> extra contract, and you're going to be settled with that nonsense. Maybe it is real, man. Maybe it is real. It is certainly possible in today's football, in the modern NFL, it is entirely possible to take a guy whose skill set didn't translate in, in years past. It wasn't a good enough or accurate enough passer from the pocket is what I'm saying. Uh, it's imp- entirely possible to build offenses around a guy who's not as good from the pocket as he would traditionally want because the league has embraced a lot of what the concepts you see in college now, a lot of the RPO stuff, and a lot of the things that uh college quarterback can get away with that for years you couldn't get away with in the NFL. So maybe, maybe, I mean, I kind of, you know, I'm not real sure, but.
1: Talk to me in 2025 when we're trading away his $30 million a year. Contract. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. I. It's not the investment. Like, right now, look, Would you, if, if we go through the list of quarterbacks that you would invest in right now, this is a fun little exercise because, by the way, some of them are enjoying periods of success, but yet you don't believe because you've seen wild inconsistency over the course of their career. I'll give you a perfect example of this. You invested any real money in Baker Mayfield? No. Sir. No. Of course not. That feels silly. So, again, it's a really interesting time. Like, I, you try to find also teams. I do like that the NFL has a bunch of teams that can play to an identity, play to a way, a, a style. If you take them out of it, they're screwed. But if they can if they can dictate terms. A perfect example is Jimmy G's not a great quarterback. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's oft injured. But they don't really rely on him to win them games. They want him to play a certain way because they want to be very, very physical. They want to run the ball. They want to beat you up defensively. They want to play field position. And he can play that way. Well, he can play that way all the way to the Super Bowl is how he can play. So there are... There are teams who play to identity consistently, right? And when they do that and they have the personnel to do that, they don't have to be this other thing, this traditional trope that you've you seen in the past. And that's kind of fun because it makes it wildly unpredictable. Uh, it used to be, you know, it's a little bit of like styles make fights. It's so frustrating. And the league was so copycat for so long and it was just so bland in that you had to be this kind of team, this kind of quarterback, and only that kind of quarterback long-term. Maybe in an individual game you could have success, but long-term you could only win with this guy standing tall as a statue in the pocket, throwing the ball in rhythm. It's just not true anymore. Now, it's taken some preternaturally great players at the position. Uh, You know, obviously... When 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 you think of Kansas City's run, and you think of uh, Lamar Jackson winning MVP, and you look at what's going on when when he's healthy in Arizona with Kyler Murray, you look at you know, you're seeing more and more now that teams can adapt to that, embrace that play to that, and win and have success. That said, it was ancient Tom Brady standing tall, winning the Super Bowl last year from the pocket. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because the year before that it was Kansas City winning. So, you know, I mean, again, you don't have to do that. It can still win. I just like that it opened up. I wanted it to open up. I always did. I wanted more styles of play. I wanted differences. I wanted guys that won different ways. So that way you had more intrigue going into a season uh, than not. And that, that's kind of fun. I'll get to Florida State, Florida here in a second. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So Greg Knox, leading Florida into this game, had to do this at Mississippi State uh, once before when Dan Mullen moved on, and uh, and so it is. He'll do it again. Why do I start from that vantage point? I've been interested. I've been waiting to hear from Florida players this week, waiting to hear from Knox himself. And Now, of course, he's saying all the things that coaches say about a big game and about, uh, you know, hey, we've been in this position before and all of those other things, but uh, the players themselves, Damian Pierce, for example, noted earlier this week when asked about this upcoming game and about the situation Ford finds themselves in, quote, I was shocked. I need time to process the news. Good, good to hear. I don't know that you can process it in time, guys. Seems like many of you need some time to yourself. You need to look inward, not play a football game. This is just a football game. You guys got to get your lives in order. Uh, Knox did say, for for his part, about the uh, situation there at Florida. Well, this is not a talent issue. It's just been an attention to detail issue. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a, you know, so when we got blown out by South Carolina, it was just a lack of attention to detail. Uh, we, we shall see. It is the biggest question surrounding the game. How focused is the University of Florida? It's not that. He's not wrong about this. It's not that they're devoid of talent. They've got talent. It's whether or not they care to play football. They didn't care to play against South Carolina. Didn't look to care to play against FCS foe Sanford for a half. Didn't look like they cared all that much in the pre, you know early stages of the game against Mizzou. So, which Florida are we going to get? Because we're not Missouri, meaning Florida State. We're not Obviously, uh, Samford or these other schools that had success against Florida in that will have their attention, one would believe. Only national rivalry game. Uh, I will be very, very interested to see the intensity level. As for our part this week, if you're tuning in wondering how this team is prepared and how they're going to prepare, Mike Norvell, you can find the video on WarChant.com, noting that they had a very intense practice today. A very intense practice, and that they're meeting tomorrow. That just because it's Thanksgiving, he's nobody's getting days off. None of that good stuff. They're meeting. They're going to have uh, to get together the practice, and then they're going to have a meal together. I-, I think this is accurate. It has been a steady flow of quotes over the last several weeks that have featured Mike Norvell for the most part, stating that his team has been focused, locked in, and intense in each of these practices. This is the uh, this is the result. Of having a measure of success for believing. So you believe, you buy in, you continue to work, you lose games, it grows frustrating, but you stay and remain the course. Stay the course, I should say. You continue to battle, and then boom, you get a taste. You get a taste. Then you get another taste. Then you get a big win. Then you get you get to you get to thinking, you know, it's here. It's right here. We're on the cusp. It seemed so distant weeks ago, but not anymore. Now it's, no, no, it's here. It can happen. I think they will be focused. I think they will. And, you know, that was the biggest thing. We talked about it right after the Boston College game, besides the officiating. Of course, we brought up the officiating because that was cataclysmically bad. But I, I, can, I can still recall that first quarter thinking, yes, you Guys, you've done what I have desperately wanted to see you do. You've become this thing, this focused machine. Oh, you're lacking in areas. There are things that we're not good at. We don't play perfect football around these parts just yet. There's no such thing, really. We're always searching, and we got a long way to go in certain areas. We can be taken advantage of in others. I get all that, but you've become a team that nobody wants to play. Because you give a damn about one another, and you own it now. Now you own it. You own the preparation. It's no longer the coach who, by the way, would want this. Right? The coach wants that. The coach always wants his players to take over, uh, to to buy in, yes, but then to take responsibility and take over and make it their team. The captains, all those players, uh, following each other for the love of one another, for the sacrifice and everything that you do every day in practice. Practice is hard as hell. Practice is really difficult. It's even more difficult if you're not all on the same page, and you're not all bought in, and you're not all willing to sacrifice and and become ultimately owners of where you go. And they have. They 100% have, and you know that because at the end of an emotional game, a comeback win against an arch rival, a win that kept alive the opportunity to go to a bowl game, uh, a win that Felt very important for a, a, a staff, but also for some of these younger players to be a part of as well. Um, of course, we know the veteran players have helped lead the way. Many of them transfer portal guys, which is amazing. Um, that's how bought in they've been in, in all this losing. There they are, still fighting. They're only here for a year in some cases. But that ownership, they've taken that now, and they've now moved on in terms of preparation and getting focused for game to game to game, not just uh Having a result, having a moment in the sun, celebrating that, and then losing focus again. And Not not this team. They came out in the first quarter. They were the more physical team. They were the more dominant team. They were the more committed team. They looked like the more focused team across the board. Now, they had to hang on for dear life, and we know the many reasons for that. They gave up some big plays, but they also got brutalized by officials. But that said, they won the game. They won the game. They made the plays when they had to make the plays at the end of the game, on the road. And I don't doubt whatsoever that 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 carried over then. We talk about them at practice – on Monday, and uh, you know the the way that they've prepared this week, Norvell has talked a lot about. He's loved what he's seen. He's a guy that, for for I think we've learned now, all coaches will play games in the media. All coaches will send messages through the media, but uh, not all coaches give you an accurate reflection of what happened in a given week of practice, given day. I think he pretty much does, though. If he's disappointed with effort, he'll intimate as much when he meets with the press if he's pleased with intensity and focus and effort he'll tell you that too and that's really been the message throughout this week that's exciting to me uh i i didn't expect anything different given where the team's at and who they're about to play but you know again it's 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 good to hear it it's um it's now at a place where the consistency um is such that it's, it's like we were talking about earlier with the basketball team where i said well i never questioned whether or not they're going to make the NCAA tournament anymore Eh, they're going to make the tournament. How good can they be? When they're at their best, what are they? We, We evaluate on a different level with teams that you don't have to worry about focus and effort. And so for Florida State, we no longer worry about that. We don't worry about the emotions of the game or where their head's at after a big win or a big loss. We don't, we don't worry about that because we know they've proven themselves now to be a team of integrity, meaning they will focus and they will play for each other and they do take ownership and they do care enough to get off the mat and or to put a game, a big win behind them and get locked in. That's great. That's awesome. So I don't worry about that anymore. Now it's just a matter of the matchup itself. Now it's just a matter of what can you block them. Now it's a matter of can you execute on the road and what should be uh, you know probably a, a pretty intense environment early is rivalry after all but I think there'll be a lot of Florida State fans from what I'm reading right now when you look at ticket sales this is going to be uh, not a home game for Florida State but a lot of Knowles are making that trip and a lot of you have said as much on this on this chat um it, it's it's glorious Tom's gonna. Fire up the grill and have a beer. My goodness, enjoy your life. A little, uh, what time we got here? A little two thirty on a Wednesday, my man. <laughs> Some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around and safety is their top priority, but they don't always have your best interest at heart. At T Spark Enterprises. Roofing and construction, they believe in doing things the right way and the safe way. Their employees go through regular safety training and are consistently being educated on new techniques and new materials like becoming master metal applicators. You considered a new metal roof before, long-lasting and durable. You're in luck because T-Spark Enterprise roofing and construction are the best in town, period. Call them today, 766-1340. That's 766-1340. you get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. You know, by the way, as of uh, tomorrow, after tomorrow, we get to enter into Billy Squire season. How about that? Who doesn't love Billy Squire season? All right. Good times for those of you new to the show you don't understand. It is less about a passionate and undying love for Billy Squire and more about a classic uh, on the JCS and and the fun times at hand. And, yes, the bowl swag segment will occur, guys. You're asking about it. It's happening. We'll never go away from it. It's It's not as good... And it's not our fault. It's not as good as it used to be, man. These, these swag segments with the bowls used to be so much better when when they kept kids from having things. So it's like, if you were a, if you were a scholarship athlete, you kind of got screwed. Couldn't have a job. Couldn't have any money. Nobody really, unless it was under the table. Now, like, it can happen. NIL, you can transfer. You can do all kinds of things. You got, you got real rights. <laughs> and so the, I, I feel like the swag stuff is not as big a deal. Like, those packages that they give you aren't nearly as interesting. But there are still a few that like to give out rhinestone belt buckles, cowboy hats. Mm, That's always a good one. Yeah, I'm sure those kids from Memphis can't wait to throw on the rhinestone belt and the cowboy hat. Um, Yeah, fossil watch, a stocking, and cat. I, for years they did the fossil watch. I don't know how many of them are still doing that. Uh, but I have got—I <laughs> always laugh at that. Like, oh, thanks, thanks for the fossil watch. It's a hundred-dollar watch there. That's a real kick-ass.
1: I definitely didn't want a PS Five. Yeah,
0: didn't want that. Didn't want a uh, shopping spree at the Best Buy. Thanks for the shop. Thanks for the fossil watch. Well, we'll do it. Uh, you can bet that the Sports Business Journal will not let us down. They have every detail of uh, who gets what. So I'm in, ready to roll. Mentioned it last hour. Mentioned again. If you don't know and you're in town and you want to do it, head on over to the C. Not that I'm pushing for the marketing team at FSU, but Knowles basketball, always fun to take in. A little 7 o'clock at the C, And if you want to watch it, you kind of have to go there or a bar because it's on The ACC network. Ah, boy, the ACC. Hey, did you see? Now, listen, I'm not even all that sappy about these things, but did you watch the uh, Vitale return to the booth? I did. Man, come on now. That was tough. I've met Dick Vitale on a number of occasions. And no matter what you think about after years and years and years of one becoming a caricature of themselves and becoming sort of a a role, right, that guy is genuinely kind and genuinely has an immense passion and love for college basketball. And so all I could think about, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, he returned to the booth. You can find the video. Um. You know, he's been battling uh, cancer. He's going through chemotherapy, uh, and and this was the first time he was able to get back in the booth uh, this year. And so, I mean, before they even start talking, before he even starts talking, as they say welcome in, you can see he's fighting back tears. Good Lord, man. It is absolutely a beautiful moment. It'll warm your heart. Um, Watch that. But (laughs) you can't catch people off guard like that, man. Come on, Dick. You're about to make me cry in my living room. I mean, his bottom lip's quivering before he even says a word. like, (laughs) but it was cool. It was cool. And, and, you know, a lot of that was just pure joy. Yeah, Steven, if I'm telling you, you will, I'm telling you, you will. Um, I'm a grown man that doesn't want to cry. So I'm not watching it. Yeah, man. It was great.
1: When he talks about not knowing if he would make the game, and just how much it means that he's actually there.
0: Well, that's why he starts crying. Is he's thinking because he's being introduced? Who was he with again? Who was the? uh, uh, He's great. I can't remember who he was with. Um, But as he's introducing him, you know, he's crying, and that is because again, he wasn't sure if he'd ever make it back to be on the call, and then he's there, and the atmosphere is great and he realizes that he gets to do it again, who knows for how many more times.
1: Oh, you have it? Dave O'Brien is who he's with.
0: Okay. Who's a pro's pro? Dave O'Brien does a really, really good. You have it? You want to play it?
1: No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Life Spectator. You're right. So, you know, here's the thing. I get that I, I too, have spent a lot of time over the years having to mute the TV because when he gets into his over-the-top catchphrase nonsense, um, it does get old. It, it does get uh, cliche. It does get to where you're like, okay, man. But I've never questioned how much he loves the game, and at one time... Yeah. I mean, he was. He at one time he was a very good analyst and it's been a long time. It's the problem. You know, you always worry about it. I mean, he's a, a a very famous uh broadcaster. I'm a a local broadcaster, but I you do, you know, you you everybody ends up falling back on tropes or things like that that they've used in the past for verbal crutches and we're all guilty of it. And so you try to go back and listen to it. But if you develop a catchphrase, I feel like you're destined to have to play to that catchphrase forever. And and then let alone if you have like 10 of them, Berman did that at the end of his, you know, I mean, that was that, listen, when you go to the early days of Berman in the way that ESPN used to present highlights, early on, nobody sounded like that. Nobody did highlights that way. It was very unique over time. My God, I just was nails on a chalkboard over and over again. I won't even read that. No, Ryan, no. I'm not going to read any of them. <laughs> I'm not going to read any of them. Knowles uh, are 4-1. BU is 4-2. The Terriers, coached by Joe Jones, 11th seed season, led them to the Patriot League title a year ago. Um, so I, I go from there. Uh, <laughs> go watch the video at your own risk. It was fun. It was... Um, It was good to see, because that's real joy. I cannot, and I think this is a testament to Florida State football, and perhaps just where my head's at with the NFL and all the stuff that's still going on with with football. Other than Florida State basketball, I'm having a hard time. I can't. Now, I've mentioned it on the show here that my son is watching the NBA a lot, so I'm I'm interested to hear his thoughts on those storylines, those kinds of things. Like he was all excited the other night uh, when LeBron got in the fight, Detroit or whatever. He wants me to watch that video and all that. But I'm I'm saying what I, I I'm having a hard time getting into like Gonzaga and UCLA. I watched, I mean, look, Gonzaga comes out and hits everything under the sun. They could not miss. They get out to a huge lead. We end up having this overblown one-versus-two thing, and it's not even a good game. Second half, they coast. It's, uh, the, the two sides play to an even standstill. And it really, I, I was telling myself, I have to watch this. I need to watch this. It's, you know, These are teams that are going to matter in the world of college basketball as we move forward. And at some point when we start talking about seeding and rankings and all of these things, it's going to be important. I can't do it. I'm not there. I'm too locked. I'm locked in in the NHL. I'm locked in in the NFL. I'm locked in in college football still. And because the Knowles did us the favor of becoming a much better team in the second half of the season than we thought possible, and because they're imminently lovable, and because they have something still to play for, I can't. I'm other than Florida State basketball. I'm not watching a ton of college basketball right now. I just I'm struggling to do so. And I would watch. Um, I also think we start college basketball season way too early anymore. Give me the give me the late November early December start for college basketball. give me that i mean we there's just too much going on right now to get all excited about college basketball and anymore again, I don't know if it's like maybe the maybe the ACC big Ten challenge is where I start to kind of all right let's start I mean I pay attention to us but just in general. All right, uh, you're starting to win me over. There's a feeling. I, I think if you're a sports fan, we've had this discussion before. If you're a sports fan, you're very, in all likelihood, especially if you're a passionate sports fan, you're very seasonal. Like, there, there aren't a lot of people, unless you're diehard, and I kind of am, so I know I'm uh, in the minority on this, there's not a lot of people watching the current brand of PGA Tour golf. <laughs> the wraparound schedule that sees the schedule go year-round, man, people aren't really going to dial back into golf until we get to Augusta. That's just the way that works, right? People are like, oh, eh, wake me when we start getting into that time of year. I understand that. That's not me, but I understand that. I'm so seasonal, man. I'm such a creature of habit. It is football season. There's not a lot else that I can devote time to right now, and I feel like basketball started to encroach upon the, on that more and more. Like, a lot of people don't even turn to the NBA, until if they do at all, until December until we get towards that Christmas game. It's really kind of when it happens. Come back, wrap it up momentarily. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. You know, it's interesting. I I was looking at the list of coaches. And, of course, I am keenly interested in this, as you all are. Who's taking over at Florida matters to us at Florida State as we garner momentum and they wane. And so you'll find a list of, I don't know, roughly 7 to 10 coaches whose names get floated out there. It is also the time of year where these sort of rumors lead to long-term signings at existing jobs. So, for example... James Franklin gets a long-term extension at Penn State and a lot of money to do it. And you might roll your eyes a little bit there, but he has had quite a bit of success on the whole. There you go. There's my on-the-whole verbal crutch. Uh, but uh, So they lock him in. I had wondered, would that even be a candidate at Florida, for example? It's a great job. It's a job which if you can recruit, and he can. Uh, that you'd be interested in, then there are a whole bunch of other names where people will say, you've got to make this guy say no to you. And I keep laughing at this just as I laughed when it was rumored here. But no, man, Bob Stoops is not a guy that you should hire, but I have read that four times today. At 61 years old, away from the game as an analyst, no, no, no. I hope they do hire Bob Stoops. Yeah, go hire Bob Stoops, see how that works out for you. He's been mentioned a ton of times. Anyway, he was mentioned for that job while he was at Oklahoma, while he was still viable. I know he and Steve Spurrier are friends, but no, man, that's not going to happen. Jimmy Sexton is the biggest winner of this time of year, every year. That is the super agent that represents all of these guys. And Jimmy Sexton is the one who can decide where coordinators go, where head coaches go, which job is going to open up and which one isn't. Hey, it certainly doesn't hurt to back alley secretly relay messages to athletic directors about who's available if, in fact, you want to make a change. And so you watch that and you read the tea leaves very carefully. The 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 guy I don't want the University of Florida to hire, Billy Napier. Uh, it's a guy that is thirty one and five at Louisiana. He can absolutely coach and recruit. He had experience in learning under Nick Saban and is a guy that is well sought after. As we know, I yeah, please take the LSU job. Offer the LSU job to Billy Napier, please. Kiffin's a guy whose name will forever be dangled out there, both for the Florida job, but also the Miami job. And I don't know that, um, you know, one thing that you'll have to look at is whether or not, and I go back to Jimmy Sexton in this case, because if those rumors begin to heat up, it's solely because Sexton let those schools know that his client's available. For the right price, his client's available other curious names, and it doesn't appear that it's going to happen now as we learn that, um, hey, it's happened. Uh, It looks like Fickle is sticking around at Cincinnati. Every time Matt Campbell's name gets uh, advertised as a possibility in the Southeast, I always raise an eyebrow for a variety of reasons. Look, I'm not saying Campbell can't coach, but I will say that it's a little overblown just uh, how good he is. He has lost – Five games in five of the six years he's been at Iowa State. And you might say, well, it's Iowa State, Jeff. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, I always root for somebody to come along and decide to give uh, perhaps one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Yes, definitely at Clemson an opportunity, but that's not, he's not a candidate for the Florida job. Interesting that we're at a time of the year where we're beginning to hear rumors that perhaps Jeff Halfley there at Boston College, who's extremely well thought of. And even though he's a six and five back-to-back seasons kind of guy, he did have an injured quarterback and is well thought of and probably has, you you max out at Boston College with seven or eight wins. So it would be a, it'd be a time if he could get a jump to go, to go, but he's not going to be a candidate at Florida. I wouldn't think. And also other big names like Dave Aranda and the like, Dave Aranis should probably take that USC job from Southern California. Seems like a job he would take. I just, what you don't want is a prolific recruiter who is quickly able to turn that back into uh, a machine. Uh, You want somebody who's going to take some time. So, I would think, and by the way, Ryan Alex Atkins, who is well thought of and has done a good job and has done more with less, you're right as an offense uh, as an offensive line coach. And we're not saying for the Florida job, uh, he asked the question, "When is somebody going to poach him?" This is the this is the deal, right? I mean, they ended up and gave him some more money already here at Florida State. But yes, I would I would think if next year that line moves from serviceable or however you want to what what's an apt description, pretty good. Decent, decent might be an app description. If they go from decent to good, which there's a possibility they could. You think about what they have coming back, and then perhaps a transfer portal guy or something like that. So if you go from decent to good, yeah, he'll be he'll be on somebody's radar. This is Mike Norvell's career in a nutshell, though, is working with guys who are upwardly mobile who absolutely uh, do a good job of, of developing and get noticed and then get other jobs and he says he wants it that way because that means you have a viable coaching staff um, that that wins that you know when you have a guy that a lot of people want, Um, then that becomes uh, obviously something that is a feather in your cap. I agree with you, Live Spectator. Uh, I think Napier is tailor-made for the LSU job. He gets the state. He's already recruited well in the state. He understands the culture. I think he would be a great hire for them. I don't know how it is they haven't begun to make that announcement already. I would make sure I got him before Florida make a run at him. Good job out of you, Director Matthew. Thanks to all of you guys who watched and or listened to the show today. We really do appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back with you on Friday. Look forward to it. Take care. Enjoy the day tomorrow, everybody, and we'll catch up soon.